Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Porpoise Pod. It's a podcast with a purpose. All dolphins. All the time. Touchdown! Now, here's your host, Brendan Tobin and Alejandro Solana. Porpoise Pod, another edition here. Tobin and Solana back at it after the Dolphins fall to three and two against the New York Jets. Thanks to everybody who tuned into our brief post game that Solana had to haul ass to the bus. Did you make it? Uh, people want to know. It appears you did. I did. I did. I made it. Uh, I probably had a little more time than I thought. So uh, all all's well for my endeavors to get back home to Miami. Good. Good. Um, what do you? Uh, what do you? Days out of this, Solana, all the injuries that they have right now, uh, listening to Mike McDaniel on Monday, you know, Teron Armstead doesn't sound good. Tyreek Hill in a walking boot, Xavier Howard, who knows Byron Jones, he ain't coming back. And uh, Tua Tungavailoa, I guess we'll know more on Wednesday, but he's not even cleared for football yet. And Teddy Bridgewater, he may not be able to practice until Thursday. It's a real cluster bleep over there at Miami Gardens and trying to scrape a team together right now. I think uh, the majority of their captains, uh, you know, are are banged up and can't play. So, I mean, how much faith can we have in this team riding the ship and getting things right against a Vikings team that's four and one when you don't even know who the hell is going to be out there on Sunday? Yeah, yeah. It's a a scary thought, right? Having to suffer through another four quarters of Skylar Thompson. Yes. And... (laughs) How the, the the script has been flipped on Skylar Thompson. It's uh, it's crazy. But yeah, I mean, Tobin, this was supposed to be the easy part of the schedule. Yep. Three and one. We were looking at these games saying, ah, it'll be all right. Everything will be okay. And then Teddy Bridgewater knocked out of the game. Never had any concussion-like symptoms, but because of the new rules, he's out of the game anyways. And um, yeah, I mean, I'd be lying to you if I told you I wasn't concerned for the next couple of weeks. I get it. Sunday night football versus the Steelers, which by the way, has not been flexed out of Sunday night football. I saw Barry Jackson tweet, tweet it earlier, considering all the Dolphins injuries, considering how bad Pittsburgh is and how they got rocked by, well, by the Buffalo on. Bills. Yeah, well, we know why. Because they're hoping to is back. They get that Tua Flores storyline. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly what it is. That's exactly, exactly. what they want to do. Exactly what it is, but... Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I told you I wasn't concerned, mostly because of the injuries. Other, besides Tua, I mean, this team, they're banged up. And uh, we, I, I guess we haven't seen Teddy Bridgewater because one play is certainly not a large enough sample size to, uh, to say anything about what he would have been able to do with 
Tyreek and with Jalen Waddle. But um, let's be real. I mean, this team is uh, is going to struggle if Tua's not out there throwing to their best weapons. And the offensive line, Tobin, no bueno. No, it's not. I mean, look, that was going to catch up with them when both of your tackles are out. And it does sound like Austin Jackson is on the way back, which is positive. I mean, you, you know, you get some kind of a, you get a, another body out there, some depth built up. I think that's an important thing. But, you know, the Teron Armstead thing is concerning because, you know, you did sign a guy. And, you know, typically when you get a guy who has maybe elite talent, but you get him on the free agent market, there's some kind of a flaw. Like there's, it, there's no, there's no perfect free agent typically. If it is, it's usually you have to do what you did with Tyreek Hill, where you're going to have to give up a lot of assets for him. When you just have to give up cash for a guy, there's usually a catch. And the catch with Teron Armstead is he's not a he's not a 16, 17 game player. He's a 12, 13 game player. And you probably knew you're going to deal with this. And we know that they've been playing with uh, fire with him all season because he hasn't been practicing. And for for him to go out there after having all that time off and not practicing is concerning because it doesn't feel like his injury, which he's been really dealing with all year, has gotten any better. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about it, right, where that's one of those guys he's probably just not going to practice. You hope he's able to suit up. But the fact that he had to leave the game, never got back out there, we've we've heard that he's left games or after the completion of the games was banged up. Um, it's not good. And as well as, you know, Brandon Shell, as many uh, good snaps he can give you, I mean, Greg Little is just, uh, he's getting torched out there. Eichenberg yeah, is isn't, he, isn't he also playing with like a lobster claw? Because I feel like there was one game where they wrapped up <laughs> the tape on his hands. Like, that can't be all the way healed either. Nope. Nope. So this team is banged up. And guess what, Tobin? Um, we can talk about it, but nobody's going to give you any excuses in the NFL because everybody's aching. No, unless and, you're a Bills uh, fan. Right. Then, you know, that the, the loss to the Dolphins in count because – half their roster was out, even though it really wasn't. I mean, they had Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, so really, who cares? I actually thought, like, I thought the secondary did decent without Xavier and Howard. Um, The bigger concern for me was they were getting gashed up the middle with runs. There were certainly some broken coverages on wheel routes and things like that, but, you know, I thought for as explosive as the Jets have looked at times with their outside weapons in their passing game, you know, he only had 200 yards from, from Zach Wilson, uh, the the coin flip of that is they're not a very good running team and they uh, they really beat you up there. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't seem like they were exposing the secondary as much as it was just specific instances of your coverage getting blown, right? There was that one play, uh, you mentioned the wheel route where, uh, who was it, Brees? Um, Brees Hall. Brees Hall, just, just nobody's even covering him and he's able to get out into the flat and just runs like a go route and he's wide open. Nobody yep. was w- within 20 yards. So I don't think that's too concerning those big type of plays. I mean, typically that's just a mistake by the defense and it's, it's abnormal from the Dolphins secondary, but man, this defense was set up. We talked about it. Byron Jones on one side, Xavier Howard on the other. And when those two guys are in out as good as our depth has been, in the secondary this year uh, with the emergence of Cater Kahoo and, and Keon Crossan has given you something. And I guess Noah got some run and he wasn't absolutely terrible if that's where we're going to set the bar at, but those two guys are out. Uh, you're going to struggle. And that's exactly what happened. And, uh, and, and the big guys up front are paying for it as well. Yeah, they, they have been. And I think that, you know, one of the things that's concerning 
is that I think we gave this defense the marking and the title of being elite. You know, even Mike McDaniel said after week one that this is still the defense's team. And they've come up in clutch situations. And I think Josh Boyer had said something to the point that we're not really worried about the stats. The point is let's get the football back to our, our offense. And it had been successful for them for the most part. Um, you know, they've gotten burned with some pretty key turnovers too on the, on the, uh, from, you know, Skyler's fumble or Teddy Bridgewater's late interception. You know, these have been things that, you know, as a defense, they're t- you can only take so many hits like that. But I don't know for them to have a full shutdown game. You know, we haven't really seen that. And, and you, you think about the struggles that they had early last year when they got off to such a rocky start. You wonder, like, all right, did we buy too much into this defense? Did we did, did we think that? a defense that maybe we considered playoff good. Is it not quite there yet? And and maybe this isn't the defense's team, which was, you know, probably the, what everybody thought it was going into the year. Yeah. And you're, you're seeing it right where it's going to have to be that balanced effort. You're going to need big performances from your offense. Every game, big plays, put points up on the board, and you're going to need the defense to at the very least, keep you in games. And if the, the the offense does turn the ball over, pull you out of tough spots, which by the way, the Dolphins D did in the beginning of that game. Just look at the first couple of drives. The Jets come down the field, they get a first down or two, but then the Dolphins defense holds. Right. And then Miami gets the ball. It's a good special teams play by the, by the Jets defense, which seemed to happen a couple of times where the Dolphins consistently were starting in their own territory, like deep in their own territory. But when you go back and you watch the game, so many drives for the Jets are starting with the Dolphins defense already in their own territory, having to defend just 40, 50 yards. You're asking a lot out of a team that's banged up, out of a unit that's banged up. So I don't think it's you know time to sound the alarms yet. I do think once people are healthy and, and you're still looking at some of the schedule and you're saying, okay, these are all winnable games, the Lions. Uh, the Bears, if Tua comes back, if X is able to heal, uh, maybe not be 100%, but be 80%. If we even see Byron Jones come back, like, man, th- this defense, maybe they're not as great as we, as we built them up to be, but I don't think it's what we saw in the second half against the Jets either. Yeah, but I do think that, you know, you look at a Vikings team coming in this week that does have a lot of weapons between Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. You know, this is a lot of firepower coming in here. They're 4-1 on the year. They're road favorites now. And I think that if you were talking two weeks ago and you had your Dolphins team at more full strength, I don't think that the Vikings probably would be. Maybe it would have been Pickham. Maybe the Dolphins would have been one-point favorites. But for them to basically say if this was in Minnesota, they would think the Dolph- that Minnesota was uh, a touchdown better than Miami. To think where we were a couple weeks ago, riding high and as crazy as we were, you know, it speaks to how much they're going through right now. And, you know, it's tough to ignore the elephant in the room with with the idea of, look, as much crap as Tua Tungavailoa gets, as much as he is criticized around here, when they don't have their starting QB, they don't play as well. It's not like rocket science here. And I think that you could say that for a lot of teams. You know, maybe there's the Cooper Rushes out there who can keep their teams afloat, but you know, he was having a very, very good start to the season and, you know, won an an incredible game against the Ravens with one of the most memorable games in the last 30 years for Dolph fans, beats a rival, 
concussed or with a broken back, either or, take your pick. And like, who doesn't want that? That's what we've been waiting for with a young quarterback down here forever. And to not have that, to have that taken away in such tragic fashion, it's a tough mental blow, I think, for the team, too. Because, you know, we can say all the nice compliments we want about Teddy Bridgewater. That's cool. But he's been on a gazillion teams. He's a journeyman at this point. And Skylar Thompson, dude, was a product of the preseason. Like, that's 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 just what it was. And, and it's fine. I, I like to get into the silly sauce and buy into it, too. But he clearly has a long, long way to go. And so you add all that on top of the fact that maybe this defense was also dealing with injuries. I just don't know what the expectation should be uh, for them to be the team that was the team that started 3-0 and right now. Yeah, and to go back to what you said about the Vikings coming in to Miami being favorites, if two is healthy, they're not favorites in this game. Maybe it's a pick em, maybe, but Miami gets the advantage there at the very least in the spread. But um, you're right. Should we alter expectations because two is out? Obviously, but I still don't think this Vikings team is a contender for the Super Bowl. I mean, they have great weapons in Justin Jefferson, but I mean, the Bears were able to come back, put some points on the board against them. And and the Dolphins are much better than the Chicago Bears. You're back at home yeah. after the last two games being on the road. Um, I'm not just writing this one off. Like if that's what some people want to do, where you're just going to write this one off, chalk it up to injuries and say, well, it is what it is. We'll, we'll look ahead. I don't, I don't think the right approach here. Uh, obviously, certainly the Dolphins are going to take that approach, Max McDaniel. But I'm saying just from from our perspective, from a fan's perspective, um, I don't think you do that. I still think this is a winnable football game if Teddy Bridgewater is able to play. Yeah, I mean, like looking at the Vikings right now, like their wins are Green Bay first week of the season. Uh, and, you know, this certainly has not been, you know, the the the, the vaunted Green Bay that we've come to know um you know they think they're good but that you know definitely looks like Aaron Rodgers may be taking a little bit of a step back and then their other wins are Lions Saints Bears none of those teams are good and no. their losses to the Eagles who have beaten everybody so far this year so yeah maybe they're a little bit of a Fugazi four and one coming in here but it's Kirk it's Kirk Cousins told me. I, mean, I get what, it what dude I get it look I, I'm not scared <laughs> of Kirk Cousins I'm scared of all of his friends yeah, yeah, but it is Kirk Cousins not on prime time. Typically, True. that's when he plays well. The we numbers this, show that's when he plays well. We need well. this game flexed. <laughs> Zero chance. Zero chance at that happening. But um, look, would it shock you? It, just, just being optimistic. I know a ton of people right now don't want to do this, right? But would it shock you if the Dolphins' defense had a big performance against Minnesota? I get it. They have the weapons. Dalvin Cook is probably going to rush for 3,000 yards against us. Like, that's what we're all expecting. But would it shock you if back at home, Miami's able to force a couple turnovers, maybe uh, maybe get to Kirk Cousins, force another fumble? Like, they've done that. They, they haven't been able to force turnovers since Buffalo. Since, right. who was it? Uh, Javon Holland hit Josh Allen yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Melvin Ingram because he's he's got – uh, whatever the opposite of Joel Anthony hands is, that's what Melvin Ingram has. Anytime there's a, a loose amazing. ball. NFTF, yeah. dude. He's got it. Yeah. He's yeah. got it. No, I would say, no, it wouldn't shock me because, like I said, you know, looking over the Vikings, they have elite weapons for sure, and it's a very scary – it's a lot of firepower that you have to stop. I, but I'm not as confident. Like, I, I, to, to, tell, to tell you that I think that this defense can shut it down – uh, and, and carry this team. 
I don't know if I have that faith in them right now. I think because of the injuries, um, I, I'm a little bit shook on that right now. I think that they, they need to show me something. I think that they showed, I think we had some of these questions after the Ravens game for sure. Um, and they, and that fourth quarter kind of swung the momentum and the bills performance was good because they never broke. Like they have a lot of yards, but they always came up with the big stop. They always came up with the big play and they put, that was probably their best game of putting pressure on a quarterback in Josh Allen. He's just hard as hell to bring down. Um, but I do think that they, yeah, they do need to, to get to that level that they were on the second half of last year. If this team is going to, if you tell me that we have a guy that's going to go on terrorize Kirk cousins and, and does get a couple of pickoffs. Yes, yeah, certainly then the game is, is much more in your hands and they need to pick up whoever their quarterback is, whether it be Bridgewater or Skylar. I'm not, ha- I don't have any hope it's going to be Tua because hearing the coach speak, it doesn't sound like Tua is close to playing. I don't think the coach knows who's going to play, by the way. No. I don't think Mike McDaniel has any idea, or at least he didn't yesterday when he spoke to the media on Monday. I don't think he, he has any idea who's going to play. I don't think he really truthfully, I don't think anybody understands what the protocols are moving forward with Teddy Bridgewater. Had zero concussion like symptoms, was cleared to come back in the game, but because of the new rule that was implemented, you know, what, what, like two hours before kickoff on Sunday, um, he's not allowed back in the game. He's in concussion protocols, even though he didn't have concussion like symptoms. Like, I, I don't think he knows. Yeah. And I think we should get into that uh, on the other side of Porvis Bobby, because that kind of broke before game day with uh, the Miami Dolphins and where they stand right now with their quarterback and all the scandal, because a lot of people were very mad at the Miami Dolphins. And I do think that, you know, I, I do think that people should really temper with what happened. Uh, in regards to that, because you have people calling for lawsuits and firings and all that. And, you know, in the end, nothing was found wrong. But we'll get into that. Porpoise Pot swims on after this. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Porpoise Pod swimming on here. Tobin and Solana looking ahead to week six against the Minnesota Vikings. Miami Dolphins three and two, two straight losses Thursday night to the Cincinnati Bengals. Now coming off a embarrassing fourth quarter collapse against the New York Jets. They will try and write the ship back in the friendly confines of Hard Rock Stadium coming up this Sunday. Uh, but one thing we didn't get to Solana because we were kind of rushed on the uh, on the Sunday show, but the ruling came out on the Miami Dolphins and the whole Tua scandal in regards to did the Dolphins try and cover this up? Did they do anything uh, against protocols here? And I'm curious what your reaction to uh, was the findings because, I mean, reading it over, certainly it looks like the Players Association wasn't happy that 
maybe extra caution wasn't shown, but it definitely shows that the Dolphins didn't do anything wrong, which is what led to them having these extra protocols that led to Teddy Bridgewater being yanked from the game. Yeah, I mean, look, the optics, we've been saying it, were terrible from the beginning. Nobody's denying that. But my reaction was, hey, we knew Mike McDaniel and this Dolphins organization weren't going to skip any steps in making sure that their star player, the face of their franchise, isn't okay to go back in the game from, you know, the perspective of having a concussion, having a serious head injury. Uh, should he have been out there because of his back injury? Because he maybe had a broken back? The same conversation could be had, and we had it going into that Thursday night football game. I don't know. But Well, it's interesting hearing, because if you listen to Mike McDaniel talk about injuries, he always says, like as a point of pride for these guys, that they are going to do whatever it takes to get out there and play, and says it a lot in regards to his veterans, Xavier Howard, Teron Armstead. These are guys who don't practice during the week a lot, but he trusts in them because they're going to do whatever it takes to play. And I do think that, you know, I don't think it's a wrong thing. I think that if you want to say, was it maybe the the right idea for Mike McDaniel to allow Tua to push to play in that Thursday night game? Probably not in hindsight. Yeah, that was the wrong decision. But do I think it was a case of Mike McDaniel saying to the doctors, hey, if he's don't tell me anything. Don't tell me if he's concussed. No, I think. I think he is a guy, he's a player's coach. He listens to these guys. He looks at them as warriors and that want to play through stuff to be out there for their teammates. And that was a Thursday night game where a ton of guys played hurt. Xavier Howard, it's, I, I get it's more serious because it's a, it's a back, but Xavier Howard's playing through a bad groin. Teron Armstead's been playing with turf toe basically since week two. J- Jalen Wallace's been playing with a banged up groin. These guys are all playing with something. And I think as, a, as the coach, he really respects when he sees these guys trying to gear themselves up to play through anything to get out there. And two is no different because two knows what the book is on him. He knows that durability is a question for him. Yeah. You know, I hear people criticizing him, not knowing how to fall correctly. I'm just like, Jesus, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. But the, the only criticism that I think is fair of Tua from that specific situation was that ball should have been thrown away. And not that it, not that it matters now in the grand scheme of things, but that ball should have been thrown away. And, that's really been our knock. You uh, like we've talked about that's, it a bunch. Yeah, that's him. Right. Like that's what got his hip hurt. Like that's that's. I don't know if that's ever going to be out of him. He's always going to try and extend a play. Yeah, yeah. Extend a play when there's no need to, and yeah. when when really there's there's nothing left to extend. Like like the options to extend the play are done, but he continues to try to get around the defender. Like just go down, bro. Throw the ball away, or just go down and it helps your team in the long run. And if you want to criticize him for that, fine. But Tobin, to go back to your point where these guys are warriors and they want to play through injuries as fans, you want that from your players. Like that's what we celebrate all the time. Guys fighting through injuries, right? Uh, McCorkle right now, just because it's happening right now, he had that high ankle sprain. And there were those reports where McCorkle kind of wanted to go, you know, get a second opinion because the Patriots wanted to rush him back and he didn't want to get rushed back. And Patriots fans are slamming Mac Jones because of it, calling him soft, saying he's selfish. He's not putting the team first. Mm. Like I'm, I'm really upset at, at how the, the reaction even outside of Miami was, Oh, well the dolphins 
you know, they should have known better. They should have kept Tua from, from hurting himself. And I'm thinking all the media does, all the fan bases do is urge their players to play through injuries because nothing matters more than what a victory for, for said fan base. So I, I'm very confused at that reaction where everybody's just playing the result and saying, see, we told you so we told you so. Right. Man, this well, is, well, we, the result well, was the worst case scenario. Like I, like you don't think in that case that if Tua goes out, you just saw him play the bills game through that injury. I, I don't think in my heart of hearts, Mike McDaniel thinks like, yeah, worst thing. Okay, what's the worst that's gonna happen? He's gonna get slammed into the ground, and we're have to stretcher him off. Like, no, obviously, like T. Higgins played with a concussion that game, balled out. He's yeah. thinking that to himself, like, all right, you know what? Maybe he's not a hundred percent. Maybe he's sixty-five percent Tua, but he's probably not gonna get what happened. I'm sure. I'm sure Mike McDaniel has probably woken up in a cold sweat, thinking like, damn it, I probably should. I probably shouldn't have let him play. I'm yeah. sure there is guilt there from the head coach. Because it's only natural to have that. But what is he to do? He just he's he has had this relationship he's built with the player. If the player wants to play in that case, and he was already dealing with a coach last year who would butt heads with him about when he's ready to come back. That I think is where you can get as a rookie head coach. Like, all right, I'm gonna go with him. What's the worst that's gonna happen? He's gonna be fine. And yeah, it, it ended up awful. But I don't think that that means that the coach did anything, that he did something evil. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely the biggest away right there, what you said. He didn't do anything evil. And by the way, Tobin, for anybody saying that Mike McDaniel maybe was acting from a place of, you know, like a selfish desire for his starting quarterback to play. Well, yeah, you're seeing it play out in real time because he knows that the guys backing him up aren't capable of doing the same things to what Tungavailo is doing. So is Mike McDaniel, yes, he's being diligent and listening to the team doctors. Yes, he's listening to his players and finding out how they feel, how they're feeling heading into the game. Do they want to test the limits and play through injury? Also, hey, Mike McDaniel has a job to do. He's a rookie head coach. His team is at the absolute highest point that they've been in in two decades. They're 3-0, and and it's in large part because of this specific player putting on performances we haven't seen in a very long time in aqua and orange. Yes. He wants him to be out there. You want to know why? Because if not, you get Skylar Thompson fumbling the ball and you get Skylar Thompson throwing interceptions or you get Teddy Bridgewater getting blown up on the very first play. Like Skylar that's Thompson, exactly why Skylar Thompson fumbling his play cards. <laughs> that was crazy. That was ugly. That was ugly. man. that was ugly. By the way, just that, that Teddy Bridgewater, uh, the hit on the very first play, nobody's on the defender. I mean, I, have you ever seen No. A, a, just, just like a straight shot to a quarterback on the first play? And then the idea that – I don't remember the, the, the word ataxia or, or whatever it is. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, we don't need to get scientific about it. Dizzy and um, no balance. It's, it's basically if you struggle to get up. Mm-hmm. I mean, did did he did he no. hesitate to get up? No, he he didn't. No. He just got his bleeping lights knocked out of him on the first play of the game. Tobin, no quarterback is expecting to get hit on the first play of the game. You normally just you know, little, especially not by a, especially not by a free willy nilly cornerback. I just the the whole situation it it's dumb, man. I don't want this to sound like I'm diminishing the the severity of of you know head injuries. I'm diminishing 
the idea that these guys can have long-lasting effects from head injuries. Like, I'm not, man. That stuff is so important. But you were opening up a can of worms. I don't even know what that means, but I feel like I've been using it and nobody's checking on worms? it yet. A can of worms with the way that they're dealing with this because Braxton Berrios later in the game gets demolished as he's jumping into the end zone. When you watch the replay, there's clearly helmet-to-helmet contact. He's on the ground. He take ripped off his helmet. He's on one knee for two and a half minutes and he's able to come back in the game. But Teddy Bridgewater, because it took him like a half second longer than it should have to get up, gets kicked out of the game despite showing no signs of concussions. I don't understand what we're doing anymore. Dude, but here's the thing. Like, that's how it is in the NFL with everything. Like, there's no uniformity in any of these things. And every year, it feels like there's a new controversy with NFL. Like, concussions have obviously been a thing for a long time, but whether it's protocols and how guys are treated whether it be roughing the passer whether it be pass interference reviewable not reviewable or whether it be what the hell's a catch it feels like they always are dealing with something subjective that we never really have a a clue of the answers how many times are you just looking on the field whether you're there live but like when i'm watching tv i can't tell you how many times i'm watching a broadcast i'm just like I, I I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. I don't know what it is anymore. I don't know what intentional grounding is. Even Blake Ferguson, the long stopper, came out this week, and he's like, I don't know what intentional grounding is anymore. I don't know what it is. How is it intentional grounding if defenders in your grill and there's somebody within five yards? I don't know. I, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that play either. I didn't, I didn't get it. Oh, man. Before we get out of here, Solana, uh, what do you make of this? Tyree Kill, who uh, left the game in a walking boot, he uh, he tweeted out on Tuesday around 12.30, go time, with his peace, uh, peace emoji. Ooh. Go time? Go time, dude. Two go back? Time. Is Tua back? Because he's holding up the two for Tua? I mean, it's go uh-huh. time, Tobin. Dude, uh, let me yeah. tell you something right now. I miss him so much. I really want I, – like, I don't know when the appropriate time is to bring him back because I don't want to be a greedy pig, but I'm a greedy football pig. <laughs> and I want to I, I wanna, I wanna roll in the slot that is to a tongue of Iloa's game. I miss him so much. We were having so much fun, dude. So much fun. Tyreek Hill, he's sitting out here telling reporters I can put up numbers with you. Apparently, you know, he can put up numbers with them, but not Skylar Thompson. <laughs> Seven I, catches it, for 46 yards. Yeah, it was a uh, Jarvis a uh, Jarvis Landry output with uh, Ryan Tannehill. Very injury risk. Uh, but I would like to see uh, because Mike McDaniel alluded to it in his press conference. Tyreek Hill playing a walking boot. Uh, let's let's get crazy. Let's see let's see how far we can mm. stretch this. By the way, speaking of innovation, with the Skylar Thompson cards, what with with Microsoft having tablets out, up the wazoo. Why can't we have like a little Apple watch or like a, a Microsoft watch there? What is this antiquated thing of I need to have a, a folding playbook thing? Like, why can't it just be a swipey swipe thing? I don't understand this. This seems so du- like seeing that happen to Skylar Thompson. I'm like, this is the dumbest. He has all the plays just there. And how is no how is like how is Christian Wilkins not tried to steal Mac Jones's index cards before? <laughs> multi-billion dollar industry and they're relying on flashcards and sweatbands on their hand that they're writing down to uh to get the right play you know want to know another thing tobin i'm so sick of only one player on the field for the offense and one for the defense being able to communicate with the head coach 
Really? Why? Why? You want like, everybody? Why not? Why mm. can't everybody hear the play from the head coach? Like, why do you have to have that situation where the head coach gets the play from the offensive coordinator? And in this case, it's Mike McDaniel on the sideline. He then translates it to the head uh, to the the quarterback or whoever it is. It's always a quarterback on the offensive side. And then the quarterback has to tell everybody what's going on. Like it's 20 bleeping 22. Just everybody's listening to the head coach because we have the technology to do it. Like we need uh, the the quarterback to then go and relay the play because it's the way we've always done it. It's stupid. Mm. It's stupid. I'm for change, man. I'm for change. I'm for updating stuff. You know, like there's all this controversy this week with Kyler Murray. And, you know, he didn't know what the first down marker was. <laughs> Because we can all see it on TV. Why haven't they figured out how to have the first down marker on the field for realsies? That can't be that hard. How hard could that be? They could figure that out. I told you, multi-billion dollar industry, and you've got a chain link deciding football games. So stupid. A chain link and a bunch of out of shape fat guys on the sidelines holding up cushions telling you what's a first down and what's not a first down. You're telling me, old Charles on the sideline who can't see who's wearing uh, glasses that he's had since 1973 is always accurate on the spotting of the sticks on the sideline. It makes no sense, Tobin. It makes no sense. We're changing football on the porpoise pod here, dude. We are changing football. We are trying to make things better. That's our episode for today, everybody. We'll be back later in the week to look more ahead to Fins and Vikings. Solana, I will see you in the building uh, tomorrow and uh, have a great night, man. Get better, Tua.